0: We reject the ideology of globalism, and we embrace the doctrine of patriotism.
1: Not only will this tax plan pay for itself, but it will pay down debt. There
0: are moral and legal obligation questions that I think we'll have to wrestle with as a society. When we
2: as people go wobbly on the truth, we go wobbly on America.
0: All you have to do is look at the numbers, look at what we've done. And this is all in the beginning.
2: Good morning, everyone. You're tuned in to 100.9 FM WXIR in Rochester. This is Evidence of Design. I'm your host, Jason Taylor, joined in the studio by my good friend and co-host, Mary Lawrence. Good morning. And also, Matt Treadwell. I've been moved down to second billing. What's going on, folks? It's Saturday, March 13th, 2021. So we are live in WXIR studios. We're glad to be here. For those new to our show, we critique income and wealth inequality. We think there is way too much economic inequality in society. We don't think it's an accident why we have it. We think that there's economic inequality because those in power have had bad policies that has allowed there to be a segment in society that is incredibly rich and powerful and keeps getting richer and more powerful at the expense of everyone else. It's economics, folks. It's laissez-faire, free market, neoliberal capitalism. We do not like that system. We want to advocate for a society that seeks to value humans over greed, profit, and money. And there are ways to do that. On today's show, we are talking about the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan that was just passed this week by Democrats in the federal government. That is evidence of one of the ways that we could make our society more egalitarian economically. Of course, it is not the end-all, be-all. We are not all saved, sing kumbaya, But there are material benefits in this stimulus package that will help the vast majority of Americans. You didn't see this type of stuff when Republicans were in power. The 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act did not bring as much material benefits to the vast majority of Americans. It did bring a whole heck of a lot of material benefits... To the wealthiest in society, thanks to cutting top tax, tax top tax rates and also corporate taxes. So that's what we do here on Evidence of Design. Thanks for joining us. You can participate on our show number of ways five eight five two one nine eight 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 nine. That's one of the ways by giving us a call five eight five two one nine eight 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 nine. You can also follow our social media handles at Radio EOD or email us Radio EOD at gmail.com. Mary, are we uh, broadcasting here? Uh,
1: we are live on Facebook on the Evidence of Design page.
2: Right on. So if you want to see our beautiful mugs, you can check us out at our Facebook page, Radio EOD. That's us on Facebook to see us live in WXIR Studios.
1: You should also be able to leave a comment. So if you're too shy to call in to the studio uh, and you want to you are welcome to leave a comment
2: and we can respond to it that way so again radio eod on facebook shows are also recorded to broadcast through wxirs or excuse me rctvs tv stations later on that spectrum channel 1301 rctv media center.org apple tv fire stick and roku fire stick roku i don't know man i got rid of my tv 20 years ago i don't know I just play video games. Um, but th- those are all good stuff, and we're glad that WXIR exists, and RCTV as a grassroots community radio station here for us in Rochester. So three things on today's show, mainly talking about the American Rescue Plan. We're also talking about beleaguered New York Governor Andrew Cuomo <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and how long he'll stay as governor, perhaps. And also looking locally at ROCO, the Rochester Contemporary Art Center, and their latest exhibitions and w- or WXIR's very own Darian Layman has curated something there. <clears throat> so let's actually start with the feature of today's show. That is the American Rescue Plan. You're listening to Evidence of Design on 100.9 FM WXIR in Rochester. This week, the federal government passed the $1.9 trillion stimulus package known as the American Rescue plan. That is the latest round of federal stimulus packages passed by the federal government over the past year since COVID-19 began. In total, the federal government has spent a little more than $5 trillion, I think. That is an insane amount of money. Back just, te- just a little over a decade ago with the Great Recession, the federal government response to the Great Recession was like $800 billion, and at the time it seemed like a huge amount uh the federal response to COVID has blown that dollar amount out of the water to five trillion dollars it's insane
3: yeah it's almost as much as jeff bezos is worth
2: (laughs) right (laughs) and it's just so funny when we talk about like the number because you take statements from politicians like a week before COVID happened you know before we knew things were gonna go down the way they were well at least before those in power it led us to believe that things are going to go down the way they were with COVID. Uh, you know, they're like, oh, we don't have money for health care and, and infrastructure and, and you know, uh, unemployment assistance for people. We just don't have the money. And then the federal government passed. Where, where, do you, where does the government get $5 trillion from? They didn't raise taxes. It, it
3: turns <laughs> out all that needs to happen is to half a million people have to die. That's it. <laughs> That's all you need.
2: No, literally all that needs to happen to get the government to do something is to have them vote for it is to actually govern to actually legislate that's like literally what needs to happen it's really, really amazing that like you know the, the five trillion dollars didn't come out of nowhere, well, actually it did because that's the way the economy works is if like you want to have things happen, the federal government has the power to do that because the federal government invents money, and so if they want to invent five trillion dollars to pass things that benefit human lives, they can do that
1: so when they do their job, they can do their job. Yeah, it's, it's
2: really amazing. So $5 trillion, you know, is that debt? Yeah, we're, we're in more debt, but you know how to pay down debt. You either raise taxes or you literally don't care about debt because the federal government, again, invents money. We as uh, individual citizens and even state governments have to care about debt. But if you're the federal government, I mean, technically you don't really have to care about debt. So the federal government wants to do stuff. It's going to get stuff done. Speaking of one thing they're going to get done, well, this $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. It uh, zero Republicans voted for it. Zero Republican senators. Zero Republicans in the uh, House of Representatives uh, uh, passed with zero Republican support. Good stuff, Republicans. Uh, more than two thirds of the benefits from this plan is going to go to families making less than ninety thousand dollars a year. That's a big deal. So this plan is being targeted towards the poor and working class families in America. That is a big deal that is unlike most of the plans Republicans have put forward with their time and power. So what's in it? Well, there's $160 billion going to fight COVID-19, talking about supplies, testing, staffing, and just general uh, communicative response to tackle the virus. The Biden administration, of course, unlike the Trump administration, is using the power of the government to more effectively tackle COVID-19, as opposed to saying, Um, It Either A, doesn't exist, B, inject bleach, C, uh, it'll go away by Easter. So the federal government under Joe Biden is is actually, you know, doing a bit more, (laughs) as in recognizing the virus exists and using some of the levers of the government to tackle it.
1: That seems like a good change.
2: Yeah, I was really, you know, the bleach thing really uh, got me for a bit. I was like, huh, I know bleach does a lot. I didn't know it was a disinfectant uh for my own body. Um
1: it disinfects it, like you won't die from COVID because you won't be alive anyway. Right. That's how it works.
2: <laughs> so glad to see more money going to fight COVID nineteen. The Biden administration has said that by fourth of July life could return for many Americans back to so called normal. Uh more things to be open. thanks to more people getting vaccinated. That's a good stuff. There's also in this package $130 billion going to schools, which is a good thing. Uh, the schools have been hit hard by the pandemic. Local governments have been hit hard by the pandemic. And the Biden administration has uh, pledged to have more than half of schools K through eight reopened in the United States by Easter. So more money for schools, more money to fight COVID 19. Let's get to the stuff that most people are interested about in this plan, which is specific money to help specific people. More than $1 trillion in this American Rescue Plan that was just passed this week goes to helping families economically. The big one that most folks wanna know about and talk about is the individual stimulus checks. In this plan, there's $1,400 stimulus checks, $1,400 going to, according to the Biden administration, more than 85% of American households. So who qualifies? Who's getting these checks? Well, one, you have to have a social security number. So these checks are not going to undocumented immigrants. They are only going to people with a social security number. And they are only going to people with a social security number if you make less than $75,000 a year as an individual or if you're a couple, if you make less than $150,000 a year. So you are getting a $1,400 check if you have a social security number and you make less than $75,000 a year as an individual. That is most Americans.
3: What are you guys planning on doing with your $1,400?
2: I'm probably going to spend it on student loans or save up for more education because that's all I seem to do with my life is just keep getting educated and not getting any jobs with my education (laughs) it's it's, it's a it's a really good knack i have to spend a lot on knowing stuff that (laughs) you know is just a hobby mary how about you
1: uh yeah i'm going to graduate school so (laughs) it'll be uh that hopefully i will get a job with my education but who knows we'll find out
2: i guess when i grew up like all i was taught how to do was be a student and so i just sort of don't as an adult i don't know anything else to do besides like read things and like try to know things and spend money on like getting to know things which like isn't the worst thing as a as a human being on this planet you know like education. yeah i mean
3: i disagree i think those are both <laughs> really lame i'm really looking <laughs> forward to spending my 1400 dollars on starting my uh collection of uh, nft
2: <laughs> uh epic esport moments <laughs> you well could...
1: that was my second option so you yeah, uh,
2: there's this burgeoning market out there as NFTs, non-fungible transfers, or something tokens. tokens, where you can like buy the digital rights for digital copies of digital things. So if you want to like own a meme, you can do that. Uh, it doesn't prevent anyone else from using the meme. It just means like you can you tell people. You own the digital barcode. Yeah, it just means you can tell people that you actually own like the thing, even though that means nothing. <laughs>
3: it's, it sounds really fun. I'm gonna go in with a hot bid on the ten best headshots in, in Halo history which is actually just one shot that killed 10 people on Beaver Creek in August of 2004
2: <laughs> it's, I think that's already in your media share in the old Halo 3 <laughs> um, files, file system back with Microsoft's A- Xbox 360 <laughs> that's great stuff so yeah you can totally use your $1,400 to um, you know buy NFTs you can use it for education you can buy groceries with it you can pay rent you can pay student loans um it's 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 money for you to do what you want to do with it. And that tends to be in my opinion, the best form of aid from the government is just like general money that you can choose how to supply. Because, you know, human beings I, I believe are they tend to be rational and they tend to know what their needs are and they tend to know how to meet their needs if given a fair shot at doing so. So this is great, $1,400 checks going to individuals making less than $75,000 a year or couples making less than $150,000 a year. Here's the catch though, folks. This is a big deal. Is that included in this plan, dependents do count. That means if you have children or if you have, you know, young kids, or if you have elders who live with you and you take care of them. So for tax purposes, either your kids or your elders are, uh, your dependents, they count. So if you are uh, an individual in a home and you have three young kids who are in the school system say, you will get four stimulus checks, to my knowledge. And and uh, that's good stuff. So dependents do count this time around. That is a huge deal for many families. Big, big stuff.
1: And last time I, I remember that there was uh, an issue where college students or college age students who were still claimed as dependents but were adults weren't able to get any aid from the stimulus package even though they also really needed it Uh, and and that they're included in dependents so it's not just young kids but also you know dependents who are older like you said obviously with elders Um, but that is a, a big positive change yeah I also just want to add that we seem to be, well, we were having some trouble with the Facebook feed, but it does seem to be fine now. So just a reminder that you can reach out to us that way.
2: Awesome. Yeah, this is Evidence of Design. I'm 100.9 FM WXIR in Rochester. We're talking about the American Rescue Plan today. You can share your thoughts with us at 585-219-8889 or find us on Facebook at Radio EOD. We're live streaming there as well through WXIR's station.
3: And tune in uh, for the post-show where we auction off the NFT of this show, of this episode.
2: <laughs> Dude, that's a great idea. That's a brilliant idea. If you want to own this, uh, this virtual copy of this show, um, no, we're not allowed to do that. I don't even know how to do that.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to do that. So.
2: But here's the big thing about these checks, folks. <laughs> um, apparently, according to the New York Times FAQ about the American Rescue Plan, is that any baby born in 2021 will be included as a dependent, too. So, uh, you know, I, all I'm saying is it takes about nine months, you know, um, to, to have a baby. That would be cutting
1: it really close,
2: right? So, if if, you, if you're start part of some crazy Ponji scheme here to get some more stimulus checks, I'm so just, just throwing it out there. Uh, any baby born in 2021 will apparently be included. So. <laughs> um, uh, just kidding! Don't don't use this as an economic incentive
1: to. Well, yeah, just this. to clarify. <laughs> Uh, children do cost more than that. Like uh, having a child costs more than fourteen hundred dollars, so it might not be worth it.
2: Can you have the child, put it up for adoption, get the check?
1: Uh, well, no, then not it wouldn't that be your dependent. Wrong order. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. How, how much, much, you have how to, much does you it have cost to, to put a put child up for adoption? <laughs> 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 this is awful. Oh, okay, let's is, uh, uh, yeah, let's shift years here. Let's move <laughs> it on here.
2: So uh, th- we're talking about, okay, so the $1,400 stimulus checks, that's great. That, that's sort of the sexiest thing that comes out of these, these stimulus plans, right? The individual checks. It's basically universal basic income from the government. It's been widely popular. vast majority of Democrats support it, and even a majority of Republicans support it. So great stuff. Turns out people like universal basic income, and we recognize that um, getting handouts from the government is not the worst thing in the world because, uh, you know, money, you need you need money to live. So good stuff. Also in this plan is unemployment benefits. Expanded unemployment benefit will continue through September 6th. So this means that, you know, since December of last year, there was uh, $300 a week as a supplement for whatever benefits you get as unemployment. So you get whatever benefits you get plus $300 that will continue through September 6th. And they're going to waive income taxes on your unemployment for the first $10,000 that you received in the year 2020. Oh, wow. So you, many people don't know that you do have to pay taxes on what you receive for unemployment. And they, as part of this plan, Democrats said, we'll waive the income taxes you have to pay on that up to the first $10,000 you've received in the year 2020. But it's really, really great news for folks that these unemployment benefits extend through September 6th because we know that in some parts, the labor market is really hot because the pandemic has affected different industries in different places more than others. And in other parts of the labor market, it's a lot tougher. And many Americans are still struggling to find gainful employment. And even after COVID-19 ends, um, I think finding gainful, meaningful employment in this economy will continue to be a struggle.
1: Yeah, but especially right now, while so many people are waiting for vaccines, I think it's really important to kind of allow that wiggle room for people to stay home while they're not able to get a vaccine. I know in New York State there are some employees who have been working with the public who are only going to be eligible now coming starting next week, um, so that's going to be really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah,
2: yeah. These th- this unemployment benefit thing is is a huge deal because y- you know the the conservative argument is that unemployment benefits encourage Americans to be lazy and not work, but uh, the amount that one makes on unemployment is really paltry like you can't really survive on unemployment and even still uh it's been proven time and time again that like americans don't want to just sit home and do nothing because it it's awful. Also,
1: it also only lasts a certain amount of time yeah. i mean you don't get on unemployment and then stay on it indefinitely like no. you have a certain number of days and within a certain time period that you're able to receive it so it's not something that people can even live off if they wanted to, you know.
2: Right. All right, so we've covered two things so far as part of this $1.9 trillion stimulus plan. Well, four things. There's billions of dollars going to fight COVID-19. There's billions of dollars going to aid for schools. And then there's $1,400 unemployment checks going to individuals who make less than $75,000 a year or couples making less than $150,000 a year. We just covered expanded unemployment benefits, so a continued $300 supplement a week. Uh, through September 6th for those receiving unemployment. Now we're going to talk about several tax credits as part of this plan. These are all very important, but I will be honest that they're also very confusing, I find them at least. The first of which, and this has gotten a lot of press, I think for good reason, is that there are expanded child tax credits in this plan. So if you have children in the United States, there are already tax credits Uh, For most, it's around $2,000 per child. Well, this plan will expand the child tax credit to $3,000 per child or $3,600 for children less than six years old. This will benefit uh, more than 66 million children, according to the Biden administration, Uh, More than 93% of children in the U.S. will benefit, will receive, you know, this tax credit for their families, again, according to the Biden administration. What's really, really interesting about this, though, is that tax credits tend to not be the best way to help poor and working class people because uh, it's complicated to do, right? If you are materially precarious, meaning you can't make your basic needs met, or if you're just stressed out all the time trying to Uh, you know, work multiple jobs or even the one job that you have, and you're just a a person who's stressed out trying to live it in this life. Learning the intricacies of the tax code is challenging, and so providing benefits to people through the tax system can be complicated. The nice thing about these child tax credits is that the federal government is offering the option for people to receive these benefits, so the expanded $3,000 credit for having a child as monthly payments between 250 to 300 dollars. the details are still out on that it's up to the irs and a few other federal departments to determine how this money will be distributed in what fashion how people sign up for it but this is a big deal that the u.s might move towards monthly payments for families with kids this model already exists in several other wealthy especially european countries germany canada Etc., where the government just pays people for having kids. That's a big deal. I think that's a really great direction for the United States to go in.
1: Well, especially in Rochester, where there's what a 50% child poverty rate that would make a massive difference for a lot of families and a lot of children here.
2: Yeah, yep. So it's giving more money to families with kids. That is huge. When Rochester, New York, has a fifty greater than fifty percent childhood poverty rate, which is like the highest in the nation for similarly sized cities. Something else that's huge in this, and I can't believe this, is that apparently these tax credits are what's known as fully refundable. That means that even if you don't have a tax bill, like you make so little money that you don't pay taxes, you will still be eligible to receive this benefit.
1: That's great because those families probably need it the most.
2: (laughs) So apparently this came out of like the Bill Clinton 1990s um, neoliberal Democrat and super conservative economic Republican plan of like doing welfare reform to really only help people who have jobs and really just saying good luck to all those who don't where if you uh, didn't file taxes at all, you wouldn't even be eligible to receive such benefits as like child tax credits, which sounds like really bad <laughs> because those people need the help the most and so apparently these are fully refundable meaning everyone who has a child is eligible to my knowledge that's really great stuff absolutely more things in this bill regarding children though there's uh, there's expanded credits for child care so uh, as part of our tax code you can uh <laughs> apply, deduct, I don't know, claim, I don't know what the word is, to get some of the costs that you spend on child care uh, and get sort of a credit for that. So they are going to be expanding that credit uh, for a total of up to $4,000 for one child or $8,000 for two or more children. Uh, this is for child care for children 13 years or younger. You can get as much as up to half of your spending on child care for your children under age of 13, uh, as a refundable tax credit as part of this t- of this tr- uh, stimulus plan. That's a big deal. Again, tons of money here to help families with children. You could potentially be getting uh, more than $10,000 between, between the stimulus checks, the tax credits, the child care cost credits uh, as part of the stimulus plan. That is benefiting really, really uh, a lot of people, especially with kids.
1: Well, yeah, and especially since the pandemic, I know there's been kind of a another epidemic of women dropping out of the workforce because like women, especially dropping out of the workforce, uh, not only because the majority of jobs that have been lost were jobs that employed women, but also because they are still the main caretakers in many families and not being able to find childcare or afford childcare has kept a lot of people out of the workforce. And so something like this, may be the step that that some families need in order to be able to get back in if that's what they want
2: right the last pieces on the tax credits we'll cover here is there, there's an expansion of the earned income tax credit that is a credit that goes to folks who tend to be low income and there's expansion of the temporary assistance to needy families or TANF that is uh, that will go to help folks again who are also eligible for that so they were uh, four different tax credits that we just shared as part of this American Rescue Plan. Here's my worry, though, folks, is that, um, I, you know, I have a fairly simple tax filing that I do because I, you know, I don't have kids. I, I don't have complicated financial things. I, I just worry that, like, where do people go to learn more about these things? You know, everything I decided here was a combination of research off of, like, different um, press articles and also the White House webpage. I just worry that most Americans don't have the time like I do to do this, and also even having done the research, I'm still confused as to how you like you actually go about claiming and getting these credits. The nice thing about the stimulus checks they just automatically are deposited for you if you have done your taxes and have a bank account and all that stuff right automatically done
1: yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping. I know you mentioned that for the child like the child benefits that you get or can get i hope that it will be something along those lines where if you're getting the monthly checks you can just receive them automatically but it seems that that's still up in the air right now
2: still up in the air yeah and i i just worry that for many poor and working class families like are you going to have to hire an accountant you know or are you just going to have to be really skilled with the tax system i i'm not sure and and there's been a lot of critique of the democratic party recently which i think is good critiquing the Democrats for saying, yeah, we're, you know, we are helping people out. Unlike Republicans, we do help out poor and working class families. But how that help manifests is typically through arcane bureaucratic tax assistance. And like that just, like families don't know how to access that, man.
1: Yeah. Or aren't aware of it.
2: Yeah. Or aren't aware. And so I hope that the Biden administration, I hope that, you know, other programs out there who have more reach and smarter people than we do a good job at communicating to folks like what the benefits are and how to access them this is very important. People should know about these benefits and how to access them if they're eligible. And I hope it's done in a way that is simple and easy to do. So just a reminder to folks as we transition to talking about the, the rest of the benefits in the American Rescue Plan is that you're tuned into Evidence of Design on 100.9 FM WXIR in Rochester. It's Saturday, March 13th. So we are live in WXIR studios. You can give us a call at 585 219 or check us out live streaming on Facebook at our Radio EOD handle. Let's quickly go through the rest of what's in the American Rescue Plan and transition to talking about the latest exhibition at the Rochester Contemporary Art Museum. There is in the American Rescue Plan also housing assistance. That's great stuff because we know that there is a housing crisis in America that has been both exacerbated by COVID-19 and existed for a long time before COVID-19, in terms of a lack of affordable housing and also precarious, tenuous, not strong tenant rights. So there's $22 billion in emergency rental assistance going out to, again, help families stay in their homes while they're renting. There is a lot of qualifications for this. Your household income cannot exceed 80% of the area median income. At least one household member must be at risk of homelessness or housing instability. And individuals have to qualify for unemployment benefits or have experienced financial hardship directly or indirectly as related to the pandemic.
1: You know, this is actually something that will be really, really helpful locally as well. I, re- I recently learned that only 40%, around 40% of people in the city of Rochester actually own their homes, right. which means that, you know, who knows exactly what is happening with the other 60%, but probably around 60% or close to it also rent their homes. And more than half of that 60% is rent burdened. So they actually pay more than 30% of their income in rent, which means that they don't have a lot of money to, you know, use otherwise. Right. Uh, so. Assistance like this, again, is going to hit really close to home in a really good way.
2: Yeah, Rochester has a huge housing problem in terms of we have a lot of zombie homes. We have a relatively low home ownership rate. And for families who do have homes uh, or rent, they tend to be rent burdened. And so, you know, there's a lot of good folks out there like the, the Housing Coalition, the Housing Council, who are fighting for expansion. And
1: Tenants Union. And
2: Tenants Union, yeah, who are fighting for, you know, to, uh, better housing economy here in rochester so to speak and i I hope that the 22 billion dollars in emergency rental assistance somehow does trickle down to folks who actually need it and can stay in their homes because we need homes in order to you know be a productive human being and have our dignity recognized and contribute to any other part of our life
1: well it's certainly a first step in getting out of survival mode so to speak
2: yeah totally There's, you know, in addition to $22 billion for rental assistance, there's $10 billion to help folks who do own homes already to help with mortgage payments. There's $5 billion to help convert properties like motels into homeless shelters. I think that's a really cool idea. I'm glad to see that happening. There's also $5 billion for emergency housing vouchers to help folks out to find stable temporary housing as well. So there's housing assistance. There's also increase in SNAP benefits. That'll be inc- your SNAP benefits will be increased by 15% through September, I believe. Big stuff for health insurance too. The, the, the and this is huge actually. The, the premiums will be lowered for millions of lower and middle income families who are enrolled in uh, healthcare coverage through the government insurance marketplace. That's a lot of people out there who have uh, insurance through the government marketplace through the Affordable Care Act and their their premiums could be drastically lowered by hundreds of dollars a month. Uh, apparently, according to the Biden administration, that the premiums will cost no more than 8.5% of someone's annual income. So there's a cap there that's to last through the end of 2022. There's also a huge subsidy for the COBRA plan in case you do lose your job. For those of you who have ever had that happen, you left your job, you lost your job, and you get that thing in the mail that says, yeah, do you want to... Buying to the Cobra plan, you can basically get the same insurance you had. Only but for thing is like
1: seven hundred dollars a month.
2: Yeah, the the cost is ridiculous. It's it's like literally yeah. unaffordable. You know, yeah. I, it's like a joke when you get that letter. It's like here's this opportunity you have. Are you a millionaire? No. Nope. Oh, sorry. You know, it's like it's like a, I don't know why it's like insulting to get that letter in the mail. You know? Oh my <laughs> gosh!
1: When I aged out from getting my parents' health insurance, I remember. Yeah. I got the letter and it was like, Yeah, do you want to continue the health insurance you have? It's only seven hundred and eighty five dollars a month and I was like, I barely even make that amount of money. <laughs> like month, that was right? that's like eighty percent of my income. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like uh,
3: less of an actual um Healthcare plan and more of a prank pulled by Cobra Commander from GI (laughs) Joe. Yeah, Yeah. it's like
1: it's like
2: literally insulting. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so that is really I'm glad that Cobra is going to get some. I I hope that ends up lasting because obviously if you leave your job or you lose your job or you age out of your insurance, you're probably not in a position to pay that much in health insurance. No, of so, course not. You just, like, like it's, it's really ridiculous. It's
2: so funny. Like you just lost your job. You just lost your income. Why would you be able to afford this plan that is like eight times more expensive than what you were paying while you had your job? You know, it's like. It doesn't make any sense. And so um, the, the the American Rescue Package that was just passed, there, the, there's uh, money to help to subsidize the premiums for COBRA. It only lasts a few months, though, Mary. It's not a forever thing. And so uh, that, that's at least nice, too, though, where uh, folks who are in the Affordable <laughs> Care Act, the premiums will go down. COBRA is at least temporarily subsidized. That's nice, too. <laughs>
3: there's,
2: there's also student loan forgiveness where uh, this is really interesting where um, – student loan forgiveness is exempt from income taxes through 2025 so this means that if the government does waive student loans for people you know ten thousand dollars let's say then you will be exempt from having to pay taxes on that forgiveness or if you qualify for the already existing student loan forgiveness plans you won't have to pay income taxes on what's forgiven through 2025. it's really interesting how they're leaving the door open Democrats here for if student loan forgiveness does come down the pipeline that uh people will be exempt from paying income taxes on that that's kind of a really neat thing
1: oh just real quick we have a comment in uh on our Facebook feed just wanted to say this is from Aaron from Queens here saying I had the chance to sign up for COBRA after losing my job and it wasn't worth it it was crazy expensive so it sounds like the benefits would have helped Aaron from Queens um, but sounds like he didn't even go through with it which was probably smart.
2: Yeah I would if anyone has had a positive experience through COBRA (laughs) I would love to hear that like maybe we should do a case study like an analysis of of the COBRA plan through the government and see I don't know like you know I'm joking here I, I just I've never heard of someone having a positive experience through COBRA just like it's a really interesting thing but thanks aaron from queens as always for for staying in touch again this is evidence of design i'm 100.9 fm wxir you too can comment on our facebook page and see our live stream at radio eod or give us a call in studio at 585-219-8889 all right let's wrap up this american rescue plan pieces here hey it's a good problem to have that we're, we're having to share so much of what's in it there is also uh, state. And there's there's billions of dollars in state and local government aid, three hundred and sixty billion dollars to be exact. So that will hopefully be trickling down to state and local governments. Millions of public employees have been laid off because of the public sector being uh, really hammered by COVID nineteen, lowered uh, tax revenues for state and local governments. So finally, the federal government is providing assistance for state and local governments. Sorry, Mitch McConnell. Um, <laughs> Still was passed, you know, sorry, McConnell, you're not in power anymore as much as you were.
3: sent him a sympathy card
2: yeah, and so hey uh, l- let's wrap our conversation up there about the one point nine trillion dollar plan that was just passed by Democrats in the House of Representatives and in the Senate and signed by Joe Biden, the one point nine trillion dollar American rescue plan. I think there's a lot of very positive things in the plan. it's unfortunate that many of them sunset meaning many of them end out you know, many of them end; they don't won't last forever. Uh, it's perhaps understandable that some won't last forever. For others, I wish that there was sort of a structure there to keep them going. In terms of universal basic income, in terms of uh, government payments to families with children, in terms of housing assistance, but there, there's a lot in the American Rescue Plan. I recommend folks do your own homework on the plan and and figure out how like what things you qualify for and. And how to take advantage of them. You know, I do worry about a lot of the tax credits and provisions, like how people will will get those. Uh, I am just I'm just not sure and I'm I'm pretty worried about those sorts of things. And so um this, you know, this plan affects a lot of different agencies and departments and groups in our society, so it really does require us to do a little bit of homework, I think, to figure out, huh, what are we qualified for? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think we need to give the government like a little bit of a pass, like not, things aren't sort of you know, it does require citizenry to to do some homework about what the government does, right? Like, let's just remember this moment as a time when the federal government can and does, you know, can do positive things to people and does have the power to do positive things to people. If the Trump administration was in power, this stuff sure as heck wouldn't have been passed. Zero Republicans voted for this thing, right? So while it's not a great solution or a perfect solution, I think this is good evidence where uh, literally a majority of the American people supported this and uh, a majority of the American people, especially poor and working classes, so not the wealthy, not the wealthiest who don't need this assistance are getting help. That's a good thing from our government.
1: I am curious too, you know, you mentioned that at least the, the student loan forgiveness thing that's through 2025 and sort of leaves the door open for a future change. I wonder if that's something that we'll be seeing with other parts of the plan as well, if there are places where the Democrats are kind of leaving the door open to expand or continue or start a new program later on. So I guess we'll have to see.
2: Yeah, that, that is the plan, but the only, the only way that stuff is gonna happen is if Democrats uh, get rid of the filibuster in the Senate, which I think they should do. That's the only way you're gonna get longstanding legislation, but that's a conversation for another day. We're gonna take a very short break here on Evidence of Design on 100.9 FM WXIR in Rochester. We'll be right back then to turn our focus to the Rochester Contemporary Art Museum and the exhibition that they have going on there. Cool stuff to check out. Hang on.
3: Was Sestrugi with, uh, I
2: don't even remember what that song's called. It's Turn Back. Turn Back. It's good stuff. Matt made that song.
1: Oh, also, apparently, our listeners could hear everything during that pause, so that's good to know. <laughs> Thank huh. you, Jeff from Webster, for telling us that. <laughs> really? How does that work? <laughs> I have no idea.
2: <coughs> well, I'm glad that we act the same as we do on air, as we do in our private lives, meaning we don't have anything to hide, unlike Governor Andrew Cuomo. Ooh burn. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Um, You guys don't know me that well, so. That's (laughs) right. Just kidding. I mean, you know, I I actually, yeah, I don't know uh, how any of this stuff works. I just keep plugging things into different ports until I hear myself in the headset. So, um, but sometimes I can't even hear myself in the headset and I just talk. Oh, That's why
1: I'm at the board. Although I did realize like twice during this show that I'd muted myself to type and had not turned myself back on so there might be some gaps in uh the actual audio but we'll find out <laughs> we're all friends here <laughs> we're all friends here oh man
2: we're such friends that you can be a part of the friendship too by giving us a call at 5 this was such a lame transition jason 5852198889 give me a call i'm lonely 5852198889 we're also on facebook radio eod to see our live stream can
1: look at jason's back
2: i'm wearing an orange shirt uh i didn't have anything else to wear because i just i don't do laundry anymore so i just had an (laughs) orange shirt that i pulled out (laughs) Um, i wanted to wear our eod t-shirt because we have eod t-shirts which look really cool um but i i didn't have it so i wore an orange shirt
1: good job jason Thanks. That's, uh,
2: you can see my orange shirt at Radio UD wow. on Facebook. Oh, okay. Um,
1: Alrighty, let's talk about the art exhibit.
2: Yeah, so Rocco is a really cool place. This, I, I guess this is a shameless plug for Rocco. I don't know. We, you know uh, just, uh, we like to go to Rocco every now and then, the Rochester Contemporary Art Center. They are located downtown, 137 East Avenue. They put on some really cool exhibitions, and it's like really cheap and affordable to get in, right? It's like $2, I think, to get in. Whereas if you go to other museums around town, you know it can be, it can be more, it could be fifteen, twenty dollars. So it's like two, two dollars to get into an accessible, cool local small art museum. And so they have a couple of exhibitions going down, to, uh, going on. Mary and I checked it out yesterday. We looked at some art. We felt our souls kind of you know expand a little bit because that's what looking at art does. You feel your soul get a little fuzzy. And so um, right now their main exhibition is Last Year on Earth. That looks at local artists who have produced pieces over the past year that cover, that have to do with, well, the last year of our lives. What a year it's been from the 2020 general election, Donald Trump, all the fake news nonsense, to the Black Lives Matter protests and all of the unjust killings by unarmed black men at the hands of police to, of course, COVID-19. And there's a lot of really powerful pieces of art in that exhibition, the last year on earth at ROCO that have to do with that. I found it really nice.
1: Yeah, it was really powerful. I mean, seeing all the ways that people interpreted their sorrow or pain or anger at whatever was going on.
2: It's, yeah, I was struck by just like thinking back on the last year, a lot of it You know, I I remember like it sort of feels like I I remember very vividly what was happening a year from now when the COVID-19 pandemic started. I like remember my life and like just my memory is very strong connecting to that time. Lots of Pokemon. Uh, I I mean, a year
1: ago today would have been really like the last day before lockdown. Yeah. I think lockdown happened uh, just within days. The RCSD shut down like a year ago tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. And uh, like today is really marking ex- almost exactly a year from when re- things really like became real here.
2: Right. And so when I think back in my life in the past year, I like remember this time a year ago, probably because it was very emotionally charged. It's sort of like a 9-11 moment where there's a big change happening and you'll remember it for the rest of your life. So like that is that for me. I also remember the 2020 general election a lot because I was very emotionally charged for that too. And again, another pivotal moment that really determines what our future is gonna be. So I remember like those things, but in between, I don't. Like, I don't remember what I did when it was warm outside. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, like I we've lived through COVID while it was warm. I sort of have associated COVID with like winter because that's just, I don't know, that's six months we've lived through that. But I just, yeah, I just like don't know what I'll, I can't picture myself living with a mask on while it's warm, even though I know I've done that. It's just like a weird thing.
1: I just want to add real quick. We had another comment from a listener that wanted to add uh a reminder that there were killings of black women as well specifically brianna taylor among others so it's the anniversary of a lot of today i think this week but um that is a a good addition and a a good thing to remember that uh, i've got a lot of work to do
2: yeah totally and i apologize for that i shouldn't have just said unarmed black men if that's what i did say just talking off the top of my head but totally great point unarmed black women too and just in general the uh, black community the colored community facing unjust, continued unjust systemic racism at the hands of our justice system and in general in society and greater discourse now about the future of policing and the justice system and hopefully getting systemic reform and it was today Matt, the anniversary of Breonna uh, Breonna Taylor's shooting, death Yeah,
1: I did actually see and um, I, I believe that her boyfriend was all of his charges were dropped so even though the police officers didn't actually face indictment uh that is a piece of of good news that finally after way too long um i believe his boyfriend her boyfriend's charges were dropped and it looks like we have a caller so let me just put you on the air here
2: thanks for calling evidence of design on 100.9 fm wxir in rochester you're on the air what's on your mind
0: Hi, everybody. This is Aaron from Queens, Uh, just calling in because I had a a thought when you were talking about the whole COVID situation, Um, and I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this, too. If another pandemic uh, strikes the U.S., let's say smallpox reemerges or whatever, maybe it's something worse. Uh, Do you think that America, the American government, American society in general has learned any lessons from this, or do you believe that the our response to COVID of basically letting it run rampant and, you know, half a million people dying uh, and basically just praying for a technical, technological solution to this issue, as in a vaccine, uh, is the only way that our society can respond to pandemics anymore.
2: The latter. <laughs> So Matt's a little pessimistic, um, you know, Aaron. I think that Donald Trump's response to COVID-19. I would like to think that it was a uniquely failed and horrible response. Uh, I think that his uh, just, you know, his his disregard for the pandemic, his spread of disinformation and, and lies about it, really, 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 really hurt us. However, you see that happening in other countries around the world, like Brazil and other, arist- you know, authoritarian countries. So I, I, would, I would like to think that if another president was in power, we would have had a better response. Do I think that things would have been magically better and gone away? Uh, you know, no, no, I don't. Um, I think I, the jury is still out, of course. I think that what we do right now as a society and especially as those in power who have the ability to legislate, what we do right now uh, determines our uh, f- future effectiveness to disasters. That climate change is on the forefront of my mind, for instance, and I totally agree with you that like the government's response so far to climate change, and I guess for the most of society, has been, well, let's just hope for a technical solution to it. You know, let's just hope that we get uh, giant fans that soak up all of the CO two or something, as opposed to changing our behaviors.
0: Right. I think the climate change analogy is very appropriate because I personally don't think Trump or Biden, having been in power, would have made much of a difference. So I think it would have made a uh, you know, slight one around the edges as in how many people would have initially decided to wear masks or, you know, some skepticism about the vaccine, basically just sort of, you know, edge case type things that would have resulted in a few percent changes here and there. Um, but I think overall, similar to climate change, uh, Ameri- American government and society and especially Western society in general is basically paralyzed at this point and is existing just in sort of a zombie mode where obviously technological innovation is still carrying along, helped through by you know computers and humans natural, and they you know need to just dis- to discover things and invent things and learn things. but our capacity for social responses to issues I think has been completely exhausted, and you know we i basically the whole thesis of your show goes into why you know you talk about like neoliberalism and the complete financialization of the economy and you know uh, everything just having to be transitioned over to, you know, only furthering profits for corporations and things like that and basically the general paralysis of of society as a whole but you know whether it's a, a pandemic or climate change and i understand this is simply my personal statements at this point not really a question but i just i don't really know how we can move beyond this current feeling of like nothing is possible to solve any major crises other than hoping science comes along and saves us with a moonshot. Uh, thank you guys.
2: Yeah, Aaron, really appreciate your call. I guess all I would add is that let's this is a big assumption, okay? But let's assume the Democratic Party can, has a party of people who have the right ideas about how to solve our issues. Let's assume that. Big assumption. Then I think that the Democratic Party should right now go nuclear, so to speak, metaphorically, on all of its options to affect change in society, get rid of the filibuster, do whatever they can to pass as many sustainable, substantive, positive social changes and economic changes in our society right now. Do I think that's going to happen? No, because Democrats are tend to be have no spine, and Democrats also tend to be uh, in cahoots and bought out by the neoliberal economic system and the Republican Party is so morally and intellectually bankrupt that uh, when zero, you know, th- there's, there's literally no bipartisanship anymore and, and, and anytime there is a bipartisanship, you're getting a watered down bad thing anyways. I think there's no reason to cooperate re- with Republicans on essentially any major social reform. That's my opinion. So, you know, big assumption if the Democratic Party is a party that does actually have plans and solutions to our modern social problems, then I think they should go full nuclear and make those things happen. Um, if, if the Democratic Party is not a party that has those things, then, well, I um, hope that we can all buckle our seatbelts and pray for a swift death <laughs> and just try to, d- you know, keep doing the grassroots work that a lot of really great uh, American citizens and not a citizens out there are doing. You know?
1: Well, and if we're looking at, you know, the relief plan that we talked about earlier, the strongest parts of it that we see are the parts that create a social safety net that we don't have. And I think as long as our society is functioning in a way that we don't have that safety net, our response is going to be pretty similar because those same people are going to fall through the cracks. These same voids are going to exist, except it's just going to be worse if we have another pandemic. So I think as long as our society is built the way that it is, we're not any better prepared to respond to another pandemic.
2: Right. Hopefully we will learn from our mistakes.
1: Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see.
2: But hey, we were talking about Roco. Uh, Aaron from Queens, thanks so much for your call. Love getting calls, 585-219-8889. We don't have any time for more, though, right now. Uh, let, the last thing we want to cover for Roco, their latest exhibition at the Rochester Contemporary Art Center, is that they have a video on there that was curated by WXIR's very own Darian Layman. It's called Through the Cracks. It spotlights four different uh, local videos made by local producers and Uh, Cinematographers, that's the word I think I'm looking for. People who shoot videos. Directors? Uh, Directors, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) not (laughs) sure either. Four different folks who made videos about, again, uh, the last year of our lives. Really powerful things on Rochester's homeless, uh, you know, tenant union and homeless assistance on just, like, trying to live with. The
1: homeless union as well, specifically.
2: Yeah, the homeless union. Trying to just, like, live through these lives. Really great stuff. It's also at ROCO, and they're hosting a... Um, the, the screening of these films and also a conversation with the curator, Darian Lehman, and also the folks who produce these videos themselves, uh, uh, March 18th at 7 PM on Rocco's Facebook page. So that's what, that's
1: this Thursday, I believe.
2: Yeah. This coming Thursday, I believe too. Great stuff. But Hey folks, we are out of time here on 100.9 FM WXIR in Rochester. This was evidence of design on 100.9 FM I just said that thanks so much WXIR (laughs) for being here and for being a platform for grassroots radio and TV that is such an asset to the community and is a bright spot and makes my soul get all fuzzy so huge shout out to WXIR and also big thanks to Matt Treadwell and Mary Lawrence
1: thanks so much for being here
2: for being here as co-host I was your host Jason Taylor until next time folks be well out there be safe